Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Chargers, episode two with Lorenzo Neal, Chargers All-Pro. Lorenzo, it's been a whirlwind of the last few weeks, but we're here. We got everybody back with episode two, and it's draft season coming up, man. You ready for it? I'm absolutely ready. I'm sure how much I'm ready, my man. You see that? I got, I got, I got my stoke. I got my stogie today. A little cigar, you know, kind of relaxing here in, in Cali, you know, and, and weather's great today. And I'm like, okay, we got a week to go. The big draft. What are our LA Chargers gonna do, brother? You know what? I'm just sit back, take a couple <laughs> puffs, and take it all in. Little afternoon stoke, relaxation. Hey, nobody said you couldn't. That's the beauty of life. And uh, I'm excited to get this one going with you, man. It's been, uh, again, it's been a crazy last few weeks. The NFL iron is starting to heat up. It's been a great time. And I can't wait, man. It's draft season. And then once it's draft, we go into, you know, OTAs, training camp. And next thing you know, it's Monday Night Football. We're sweating it out to get a victory. So everything's going to happen super fast, but one day at a time. I think before we dive into, you know, specific players, though, I think we got to look at this Chargers team as a whole, right, before we dive into anybody and think, you know, what do they need here? What do they need there? And, you know, starting from you, if you're looking at this from a bird's eye view, what do you think this team needs, first off and foremost? If they had all of the accessibility in the world, what does this team need after a very active free agency? Well, it's simple. There's a guy right now, if I had you just tell me, take your pick. Your wish list. There's sure. a guy in San Francisco that I'm pretty close to named Debo Santium and Debo. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I think who wouldn't get in line for that guy? We'll get into that later. But no, yeah. I think when you look at this team, it's about chemistry. It's about how quick can this team gel? It's about looking at this coach and looking at the organization saying, okay, you got some new pieces. You know, coach went out and got some guys that he's used to on some, you know, teams that he coached. And you say, what is this team going to need to do to be able to compete? Because you look at Denver. You look at the Raiders. You look at Kansas City. No one stand. No one is the same. These teams are continuing to build, and just like the Chargers are building, Kansas City's building. We know the Raiders are building. You look at Can- all these teams. Denver. Look what they went out and did. All these teams are saying we're gonna we're gonna win this AFC West. So you can't sit here and tell me that every team right now in the AFC West doesn't believe they have a fair chance fair chance of winning this division. So I look at this team. I think they got to get better on defense. We know that. You know you got to get better on defense. 100%. You got to get a pass rush. Get pass rush. You got to make sure is your secondary. I know you went out free agency, went out, said, okay, we're going to get a corner. You did that. Sure. But is that enough? You got to get be better against the run. You saw that last year. This team gave up some run yard, run, yard, run, gets run, run offenses. They gave up. They're lacking there. Offensively, you got a quarterback. You know that you have your franchise quarterback and you have your quarterback of the future. No doubt. What are you going to do to protect that guy? You're going to have to make sure, can I get a better offensive line? And it Preach. starts with the tackles. You know that. You got to do that. And we know what you have in Austin Eckler. He's a guy that can run the ball, can catch the ball, do those things. But do you have a true backup guy that can come in and really come in and be lightning in the bottle and if the productivity don't fall off? So I think this team is good, but for this team to be great, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go out and do those things because I'm telling you, the NFL, you know it, it has gotten a lot more tougher throughout the league. It's a dogfight. And speaking of competition, I mean, right now, I mean, I was watching the NBA playoffs yesterday, Lorenzo, <laughs> watching the Toronto Raptors face the Philadelphia 76ers in a crazy game three. 
And man, watching these NBA playoffs, it reminds me to tell everybody about betonline.ag, which continues everybody to be the number one source of all your betting needs and sports information. I'm thinking about who are my picks going to be tonight. I know the Grizzlies face the Timberwolves in a crucial game three, but BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, man. Are you watching these NBA playoffs? So it is a dogfight out there, just like the AFC West will eventually be. Oh, no question. Yesterday I went on bet online and I said, you know what? Let me get a little bit of that. Let me get a little of those Boston Celtics because I like what, what they game. do defensively. Yeah, yeah, you watched you watch the Nets come out and you saw, hey, they jumped on them, double digit lead. But I, I sitting there watching, I was like, told my buddy Mike, I said, Hey, look, let's go bet online and let's get a little scratch. Let's throw a little bit in here and let's take Boston. I it was just screaming Boston because everyone thought the Nets gonna win because they lost a buzzer beater, you know, at the end of the game. Time's on the clock. He said, <laughs> Okay, the Nets. But here's why I don't like them in this series. You sure. think about what happens to Kevin Durant and what happens to Kyrie. They play a lot of one-on-one basketball, they, they, and they can create. But the second half, you look at you look at Boston. They can play defense. They got a great defensive team, and you watch them wear the nets down. So you look at that, and I just don't think they have enough. I think that Boston's just too much. So yeah, go bet online. So you, am I enjoying basketball? Absolutely. You didn't know my basketball analysis was so on point, right? <laughs> and, and and if you do disagree with Lorenzo and you think Brooklyn does have enough, I'll tell you right now they have some juicy odds, and you can go ahead and find those odds at BetOnline.ag. Again, it's super easy to get started. So head over to the website today and use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. So going back to competition and the Chargers and this AFC West, listen, you hit it right on the head. What does the team need? And I think on the surface, Lorenzo, everyone says right tackle, right tackle, right tackle, because that's the glaring hole, and we'll get into that. But so I'm starving for one more playmaker on this team. I knew, I know you talked about Debo. We can talk about the draft. But you remember Cincinnati last year, right? They got scrutinized for not taking Penny Sewell. Or alignment instead of going with Jamar Chase to team him up with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And they quickly shut up everybody, including myself, after that great run. Now, Joe Burrow's long-term health and longevity is very important, and he got hit way too many times last year. But it goes to show you, with even a lackluster offensive line, if you have the requisite playmakers and star-studded guys on the offensive side of the ball, you can make it to the Super Bowl. So I think with the Chargers right now, Let's assume we'll get into Debo, but let's assume that if they want to go playmaker, it's got to be in the draft. To me, to me, I really love Jameson Williams out of Alabama with the 17th overall pick in the draft. Listen, this is a guy who's projected to go top eight, top 10 prior to the ACL injury at the end of the year for the Alabama Crimson Tide. This is a six, one and a half product. And man, he has north to south speed an excellent athlete with game-breaking acceleration. He gets north in a hurry. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's an excellent route runner. The only con to him is that he has a slight frame, so he may have issues in the blocking game. But do you think a lot of people would be disappointed in Tom Telesco and company if they rolled the dice and they went playmaker like Jamison at 17 versus maybe a conventional pick and go on offensive line to protect number 10? Well, I don't think that I don't think that the fans would the fan base is going to cry because if he's even, he's leaving. I love what Jameson Williams can do. This guy can absolutely light it up. I like what he can catch the ball. You can move him around. He can run after the catch. I like to call it, you know, the yak yards after the catch. He's he's physical enough to run guys over, but at the same sense, he is a little light little light in behind. A lot of times at times, so I want to see how he's going to be able to block, make that transition because you're a receiver. You are going to have to block at times, and and that's going to be that 
that space that he's going to have to improve. But he's a young guy and he can. But if you look at a guy that can take the roof off and you see him, like you talked about Chase last year from the Cincinnati Bengals, he's a guy that came in and was instant gratification for this young quarterback. He absolutely made defenses back up. You can't play man-to-man. You got to roll your coverage over. And then there's a hole. And if you play off, you know, bam, you just raise up. And as a quarterback, no one can get the ball. We know in L.A. we got a pretty good quarterback, too, that he can get the ball out of his hands quick and give it to the playmakers. And that's what you have if you decide to go for, uh, for Williams. You know you have a guy that can make people miss and has that juice that can go. What I like to see him do, and I think when he gets to LA, if he decide if they if they do make that move, some of the things is about he's a body catcher. At times, you know, you're gonna have to make catches with your hands. You know that where you're gonna have to grab the ball, snag it out of the air. And a lot of times they said, hey, sometimes the ball gets into your bodies, and you know the corners in the National Football League, if you're waiting for that ball to get into your body, they're gonna be there to punch it out, they're gonna be able to break 100%. it down, they're gonna grab the arms. So those are some of the things, negative part of, you know, of, of James Williams, kind of his negative part of what he can't do and what he needs to improve on. But look, I think he's there. Uh, there's some other receivers we can talk about. I know Ohio State, I like what this young man can do. We'll get in that too. But yes, if they decide to go receiver, he's one that I wouldn't be disappointed with. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Jameson Williams is, is is my guy at number 17. But again, you make a great point. What does this team prioritize? I do want to mention this to all Chargers fans listening, and we appreciate all you guys listening, that people are very content with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams as their receivers. But I think we need to stress the importance of having a young, dynamic playmaker with home run speed. Right, Because with Keenan Allen right now, he is one of the best route runners who's ever graced this beautiful planet. But at this point in his career, he's not going to give you much yards after catch. He's going to give he's going to get you that seven to nine yards of separation. And that's kind of where he goes down. And we appreciate that. And we love that with Keenan. But we need another dimension to this offense. And with Mike, he is a home run hitter, but he also likes running kind of those 15 to 20 post yards. I want a guy who's a legit home run hitter like think about what Jalen Guyton is I just don't think he has the dynamic speed in the hands to be that elite home run hitter but that's kind of who I'm looking for and I do think Jamison Williams can be that guy Lorenzo I, I like what you're saying because when you look at guys like you're talking about Mike Evans you, you look at him when you think about a Tampa Bay what he does for Tampa he's big physical like you say can get open we understand that and you look at Keenan. Keenan can do that. And it reminds me of a guy that I played with. You remember Keenan McCardell? He was of a, course. a great route runner that's, you know, kind of comparable, can get open, can big body, and you know he's going to make that catch. But when you think about what you're saying, we have it. The Chargers have a receiver that he's going to make that catch in traffic. He's going to catch the ball, but he's a chain mover. He's not necessarily a game changer. So you're talking about looking at a guy like Jamison Williams that is a game changer that can catch the ball like a Kyrie and be out. You know, and that's what Kansas City's going to – Kansas City's – they lost a guy that is a game changer. And that's what the Chargers need. They need a guy that you can throw the ball to and he can – you know, that he can take it the distance – from any part of the field. And that's what I think James Williams brings to the table. So I think the Chargers do need that because you need that explosive because you got some good possession receivers, but I still think they're lacking in that area. Speaking of good possession receivers, Chris Olave from Ohio State is kind of the other guy who's being in the discussions with Jameson Williams. Of course, there's Garrett Wilson, but he's projected to go in the top 10. There's Traylon Burks. But these are the kind of the two guys that have always been linked to the Chargers. Chris Olave now is kind of, you know, a, a question mark to me because he's almost like a 
Keenan Allen kind of player. He's an efficient route runner. He doesn't blow you away with the speed, but his hands, I mean, he never drops balls. He's an efficient, you know, clear-cut route runner. Body he's control been linked too. to the Chargers at body control. He's been linked to the Chargers at 17. He's been linked to the Saints at 16. But this is somebody where I think it would be a safer pick. I think you know what you're getting with Chris Olave. He's remained durable. He had a fantastic run at Ohio State, even you know helped C.J. Stroud kind of develop at his own with Ohio State. Do you have any points on Chris Olave? And is there one that you prefer if the Chargers are hell-bent to go receiver in the 2022 NFL Draft? I think when you look at both of these two receivers, you look at Chris, you look at James. Both these guys have potential to be big play guys. But if you're talking about who's the safer pick, a guy that's done it, a guy that's doable, then you look at Chris Olave, and it's it's simple that it's him, Ohio State. You watch this guy in the red zone, his ability to get open, his ability to separate. He catches the ball in traffic, and then he can get north and south and get it going. I like what he brings to the table. I like him in the red zone. I like his ability. I like his durability, and I like his availability. When you think about Chris, when you think about Williams, James Williams, you think about what he is. He's a guy that we know that can flash and he's fast and we understand, but he's coming off the, you know, the injury. You know, you talked about the negative part of, you know, catching the ball with his body. So when you look at the other receiver from Ohio State, the Ohio State, the safer pick out of the two, without a doubt, I'm in the same church, same pew. And I'll let you sit on my lap because I'm with you. I think he is the safer pick. I don't know if he's a game changer as, as much as Williams, though. Number 41 pulling out all the sayings today. One other thing I want to mention about Chris Olave is that he has always found soft spots in zone coverage. And if there's one little knock on Justin Herbert, sometimes he's been a little bit rattled when defenses, opposing defenses rather, show him a different kind of look on zone coverage. So to kind of have a security blanket who's able to find those soft spots in the zone can only benefit Justin Herbert. And man, he's not even even close to a ceiling yet, and he's already one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. So that's just food for thought. I think before we get into the other draft guys, right, we go to the offensive line. We're at Playmakers, Lorenzo. So we got to talk about the biggest playmaker on the market right now who just announced he wanted to trade from the San Francisco 49ers. I made a video on this on my YouTube, and I saw Debo Samuel. He was everything. He was everything for Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Basically, the offense was give the ball to Debo and everybody get out the way. That's what it – and he carried them to an NFC championship game. So there's a few obstacles here, and I want to let every Charger fan pipe dream right now because I think every team wants Debo Samuel. There's a few things. Number one, he's going to need an extension. And number two, what is it going to cost to give up? I mean, what are you going to have to give up to get someone like Debo? Two firsts, three firsts. But before we get into those obstacles, I mean – how badly would you want Debo to be on the Chargers, uh, man? Well, I tell you right now, I want him. I, I want him on the Chargers more than a fat man want a hamburger, brother. Because <laughs> it, 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 I'm done. I, okay, I, I, I'm weak. When you look at what he brings to the table, like you said, they're one player from being in the Super Bowl and probably winning the Super Bowl. And some argue that on that third down and one, on that fourth and one give the ball to Debo. And so they went to a guy that I love, Cal Hughes-Check, that gave the ball to him. But if you think about Debo, what he meant to the San Francisco 49ers organization, the guy's unbelievable. He runs over guys. He runs through guys. He is, you got to realize what he would do for a team. You look at Justin Herbert, his ability to run, his ability to stretch plays. You put Justin Herbert with Debo on a sweep route and you now you fake it and now let him boot and keep the ball. Justin Herbert, to me, I think if you ha- had every quarterback race, I think he's a top 10 fastest quarterbacks in the league. I don't think there's no five other. You, you agree, right? No he's, doubt. 
He's way faster. Herbert does not get the respect that I think that he deserves as far as his speed. He was elite with his feet last year. Remember that Pittsburgh Steelers game? He almost ran for 100 yards. If they're going to give him 10 yards, the kid's going to go. Unbelievable. And that's what I'm saying. So when you're asking my wish list, you put Debo now in that Jets and he keeps in the boot because now the front side becomes the back side because his ability to run and get around it. He would absolutely make this Chargers offense just flourish even that much more. But when we talk about Debo, it's just from the the 51-year-old man says, shut up, play football. You're a grown man playing a kid's game, getting a king's ransom. And it says, because you were on the, the 49ers, you got more touches that you would get on other teams because sure. you didn't have Raheem Moster. The running back situation was dismal. Didn't have a go-to back. So they had to use you in other features. So they featured you and made you who you are. One, you're not going to be another team. Another team would be foolish to use him this much because it's going to break him down. He's going to not going to be, you know, you can't use him as a running back. He got overused he, last year, and I think we no all know question. it. No question. So the so the Niners have made him who he is. So that part is like, look, I know you want to get I know you want to get paid, which I get that, but it's a way that you go about it. But then the other part of this equation says, okay, we live in a time now that you know social media now is a way to go about expressing yourself. You sure. scrub your account, you saw Murray, you saw uh, uh, Kyler Murray, see what he did, the same yeah. type of deal, probably gonna be tricked. And I don't think Debo wants out of San Francisco, but this is the way that you, this new generation, you're probably one of those guys too. Scrub the account. Put don't me say anything, one. Lorenzo. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, exactly. But this yeah. is what we live in, though. We live sure. in a world now that this is the way that guys express themselves, and it's not going anywhere. And it's unfortunate, but it's and it's a positive because so, Zoe, players- I I hate to interrupt. So you think you think Debo's bluffing here? You actually don't think he wants out? I, I do. It's about show me the money. It's about show me the quan. Now you know that it's it's these a lot of these guys say a lot of different things because they want to they feel hey the team is disrespecting me so I want out then I want to go get what I can get and it's gonna, and it's going to be interesting because you're not going to get two first rounds for Debo. If you look at the you think the Jets, the Jets may be the best option. I think that maybe because Robert Sala was there with him. So he the Jets may try to throw give an extra overpay for him. But in my opinion, my humble opinion, I don't think Debo's a top 10 receiver. Now I think he's a talent, and I think that he's more than just a receiver. So how do you when you look at Debo, you think about route running, you think about just who he is. He's an athlete and he's a guy that's tough and he's a boy dog. But do you look at him and think that he's a receiver that you can line up and he is that one go-to receiver? That's the that's, question yeah. that I'm asking you. And that's the biggest question, right? Because what if Debo says in these contract negotiation talks, I only want to be a receiver. I don't want to be in the backfield to preserve the longevity of his career. Then that's going to significantly probably reduce the amount of compensation that's going to be offered to Debo Samuel. Because everything that he done, sure, he was great in the slot. But him in the Wildcat, him in the backfield with Jimmy G, all those reverses, even in special teams, that's where Debo, as you say, Zo, is going to get his guan. And if he is not in that position, I totally understand it from his personal health, right? So do I. So do I. But from a financial, you know, plausibility from the organizational perspective, then you ain't giving that man 80 million reasons to smile because you can't. Because he is way less effective as a Swiss Army knife, as a weapon, if you just have him lining up a wide receiver. And good on him. He's still going to get paid, but it's a significant difference between maybe 40 versus 80. So 
I mean, it's going to be interesting with Debo Samuel. You know, is he really on the block? Lorenzo says, no, I do believe it. I mean, I don't think he go goes out and says this because it's going to cause a lot of riffraff within the 49ers organization. I'll tell you this. If Tom Brady comes to the Bay, I'm sure Debo's not going to want to go anywhere. And I know Lorenzo <laughs> has something to say about that. But listen, I think he's going to cost a lot of draft capital. I think if he wants an extension, it's going to be a lot of money. Of course, every team would want Debo Samuel. But what do you think? What do you think he's worth? Honestly, because we think look, look, look what happened when in in in, in uh, let's go to Green Bay, and we know who Devontae Adams is, and you know that Devontae Adams is a season. If you talk about just receiver play, they're not even. He's he's a better receiver than Debo. He's shown what he can do, better hands, the durability, all those different things. So we get that. So, so do you think he's going to cost the team? More draft capital than about that. How do you how do you view the receiver? Because I, I I'm, I'm baffled here. I mean, he's younger. I mean, he's four years younger than Devonte Adams. Like he's 26 years old. He's like really entering his prime. But I mean, Devonte Adams is that is that man. I mean, he's that bad man. I don't think Debo would cost more. And also that Devonte Adams extension was insane, insanity. So I don't think Debo is going to cost as much. I think Debo potentially could cost more in terms of draft capital, but he won't get an extension nearly as much. But we shouldn't spend too much time on it. I mean, Chargers fans, of course, we would love to see Debo Samuel in the backfield. But I think all other 29 or whatever NFL teams are all doing their pipe dream right now. Talking he's going to be fine. Debo's going to be fine. We both agree that. We're gonna, we both can agree that he's going to be okay, right? <laughs> no, he's going to be A-OK, man. He's going to be A-OK. So that's it on Debo Samuel. We'll go back to the draft. I may have to make a correction. Other 31 NFL teams. It ain't basketball. But uh, that's it with Debo. It, it is what it is. But, man, if he's in the powder blue next year, you won't hear a peep from me. Moving on to the draft, Lorenzo. This has been kind of the guy that everyone's talking about, Trevor Penning. All right, Northern Iowa, right tackle. You look at this Chargers offense, and you're like, wide receiver, check. Tight end, tight end by committee. Quarterback, check. Running back, check. Every part of the offensive line, check, except right tackle. And as of this day, April 21st, at the time of recording this podcast, Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins would probably come into camp as the right tackles of the Chargers. With all due respect to those guys, Chargers fans wouldn't be feeling great if that was the situation at right tackle. Right. So Trevor Penning is a guy who played a lot of years at Northern Iowa. He's light on his feet. He's great in the block game. But people have said that it would be a little bit of a reach to go ahead and get him at 17 because there's that cream of the crop right tackles, but they're not going to be at 17. And then there's a little bit of a drop off. Would you reach for someone like Penning just to make sure that you can solidify that position? Some people are saying he won't be ready to play day one. In that case, it's a no for me. Yeah, I think the Chargers, you you understand that when you're on a quarterback's rookie contract, that's the time you all in. And the Chargers have a rookie quarter. They're on a they have a quarterback that they're still in that rookie contract. And you know you're gonna have to back up the brink truck to pay pay this guy when it's up. So you okay. do look at how do we win now? So if you want to win now, I look at I look at Trevor and you think about okay, Northern Iowa, this guy, you know, he can play. He's got, you know, he He's a good run, good run, good run blocker. The guy can pass block, but is he going to be ready? You have two guys that are not necessarily their, your future. You know they're not necessarily their future at that right tackle position. So do I jump in all in? If the receivers aren't there, if you look and you say, okay, James Williams not there, and you look at Chris, if he's not there, and the receivers are off the board, and you look then and you say, okay, and I don't have the cream of the tackle, you have to say, okay, 
Trevor's might be the guy is he might be the guy that you have to look at. Are you saying, okay, do we get it? Charles cross. Did you think about, you know, for Mississippi state, another offensive tackle, do you look at him and say, we have to pick one of the two. And that's where I think you do. I think you have to look at it and say, now we're building for the future because now you're going to have guy under contract for the next four to five years, a tackle. So first year, maybe he doesn't play. Maybe he plays spotily, but during that season, he gets stronger. So maybe you have to play him later on in the year. So, I would then if the receivers aren't there, if I don't have a guy that is a game changer on the board at receiver, I do. And I take a serious look, um, you know, at, at Trevor, because you know that where he's been in a, in a, in a place, Big Ten, you know, are going to run the ball. You understand what he's what he's made of. And, yeah, I know they talk about, hey, look, he drops his outside foot and kind of opens up the gate and you're playing against some guys that's going to pass rush. And if you drop that outside foot and give that soft corner, because now your shoulder, the shoulder's weak and a guy's going to run around you, you're going to have some problems. So he is going to have to solidify and get better there. And I think good coaching and what they have in L.A. with the Chargers, I think you can overcome that. I think it's tough to scout someone like Trevor Penning who played at Northern Iowa. The competition wasn't always, you know, versus some of his other counterparts in the SEC, like Charles Cross, who's in the SEC. But I have another kind of argument, Lorenzo, that what if the Chargers just thought about trading back? I mean, in the draft, you have the Saints who are at 16, who picking one in front of them, and the Saints need a right tackle. The Saints need a wide receiver. So they kind of have the same needs as the Chargers. The Chargers also don't have their second-round pick after they traded for Khalil Mack. So what if you consider maybe trading back way later in the first round, and then you also pick up a second-round pick? It's boring, but could you consider that maybe as a depth play for the Chargers? I would. I think you make up a very, very valid point because now you're saying, okay, if the Saints or a couple teams you know, want to trade, trade in that spot, pick up another and grab some more draft capital, if you're the if you're the Chargers, say yes. Let me trade out of this spot to later in the first round, and then also pick up another pick in the second round because you lost the second round pick. And talk about durability, and talking about grabbing maybe now you look at it and say, okay, we can get another offensive tackle, and later in the first round, and say, okay, he's on the still tra- same trajectory that he's not going to be ready to play this year. So you now you solidify that. Uh, situation but also you can say now in the second round you can go get a running back another guy that you say okay we need to get we need to make sure Eckler he's been a great for this organization we both agree but how durable can he last let's protect here and let's protect him exactly so I would look at that um definitely look to say hey if something if all else felt definitely nothing wrong with trading back nothing wrong with getting more draft capital just got, can't miss. Can't miss on that draft capital. Oh, can't you miss. cannot miss. And, and, you know, going back to Penning, I mean, he's a prototypical guy. I mean, he's 6'7". He's 325. He's got a wingspan of 6'11". I mean, he generates major torque on command. He tosses defenders out of their feet. He's quick, and he plays strength to operate in any single scheme. So it's all there, but people say it's a little bit raw. And do the Chargers have time to wait? That's the biggest question. We've been spoiled with Rashawn Slater, who came on day one, was a second team all pro. I mean, guys, let's not take this for granted. You saw you you draft a guy who you were blessed to fall to the Chargers. You put him to guard Herbert's blind side on day one, and he's literally shut down. You can't get past him, and he's a second team all pro. I mean, come on, everybody. It doesn't get as good as that, huh? I love Slater. This guy was a he when you look at his ability, and he got a little injured, a little nicked up there. This guy was definitely a dominant tackle. He could run block. He could pass block. He's physical. He's big enough to play the run. 
He can he can be bull rushed. I love what he brings to the table. So with me, I don't think you're going to get another tackle like that. And understand when you look at, you know, everyone's talking about Penny, Northern Iowa. Do you get this guy? Here's the thing. You know that you what you just did last year, a first round guy, a tackle position. So think about what you would do. You would have two tackles that are going to be up for a contract about the same time. I'm just going to tell you, in my humble opinion, I know everyone's sure. talking about you've got to get an offensive line. You've got to solidify the line for your quarterback. He's your future. But the way that Chargers move the ball, mm-hmm. and if you can get a receiver, now a great slot receiver, I think the Chargers would be more apt to go tackle. I mean, go more to go receiver with Chris or either with Chris or either James Williams because of the fact now you can get rid of the ball quick, quarterback, get rid of it. And now your offensive line doesn't have to block and, and block as long. Agreed. So with me, in my opinion, I'm looking at this receiver position because now I can spread teams out. I can still play finesse football because now I have so many more weapons on the outside. You can't put six and seven guys in the box. You can't play four and five down because you got to bring in another corner. I got to play roller court coverage. I got to bring in another corner. I got to bring in another secondary guy. So in me, in my opinion, I'm this charger team. I think about getting another game changer, and that's the receiver. I don't go after a tackle. I try to solidify it through free agency, continue to build in free agency, and stay with those backup guys because you know at that five, in five, four, four, five years, you already have a tackle that you're going to have to pay. You don't want two guys coming at the same t- same time because it's just not going to happen. 100% on board with you here, Lorenzo. And, and, and also – like you, it's okay to not have five studs on your offensive line. If the Chargers yes. were really, if the Chargers were really struggling and had nobody that you could trust or one guy you can trust on the offensive line, this is a different discussion. Then you talk Agreed. about potentially reaching for Penning, but you got Slater. You just gave Corey Lindsay a huge contract. who was awesome. Matt Filer's been great. You're going to probably re-sign Odai Abushi coming back from the Lions. I mean, who we signed from the Lions and was great until he tore up his knee. So. You got four guys on the line that Justin Herbert's familiar with that you already know that you can trust. They can figure out who the best option is at right tackle without investing their first-round pick. And I really do think if you get a playmaker and you hit on that playmaker, this Chargers offense is going to hit a whole new gear that a lot of teams won't be able to stop. Compounded with the fact that you have Brandon Staley in year two with this defense, you signed a lot of studs, you traded for Mac. Oh, man, it's going to be a crazy, crazy year, and hopefully a year that delivers the first Super Bowl to the Chargers organization. Now, to wrap up our draft discussions, Mr. Lorenzo Neal, the one biggest thing, or at least the biggest scrutinized part of the Chargers defense last year was their inability to stop the run. Jordan Davis, the big monster himself, 6'6", 6'6 and a half, 341 from the University of Georgia. I mean, this guy was projected as the best run stopper in the draft, has some issues in the pass rush. But this is more of the boring pick, I would say. But man, if you don't think that the Chargers have got enough people to stop the run, I know they went ahead and got Austin Johnson. I know they went ahead and got Sebastian Joseph Day. I know they have Jerry Tillery kind of in that three-man rotation. But people still argue that they should get one elite guy who can stop the run and clog up the middle kind of what they signed Brandon Meebane to do a half decade ago and whatnot. So Jordan Davis, tell me a little bit about him, educate our viewers, and tell me what you think the Chargers should do if he's on the board, because he's an intriguing option nonetheless, right, at 17? Oh, no, without a doubt. And for me, offense entertains, but defense wins championships. When you look at this Chargers defense and you think about, hey, with the guys that they have on the outside, you know you got to 
dominant pass rush. You know you can get after the quarterback. That's not the problem. The problem is, can we stop the run? Can you get in third and 10 and third and eight and stop being in third and two or three? And you have to win on first and second down. So when you're thinking about getting a guy like this that's big in the middle, that can hold the center and then hold the guard and be able to six, seven, be able to your big guy so you can call a space eater. I don't need him necessarily to make the tackle. I need him to be a space eater and be able to hold the center in the guard. And now your linebackers can play downhill. So you need him to go in and do his job. So, yes, I look at this pick at 17. If I can go get that guy that's going to be able to plug the middle and to be able to hold two guys up to let my linebackers get downhill, absolutely. This can be a good pick and this can be a safe pick. And this is what the Chargers need to really be thinking about. I'm telling you right now. I'm willing to go to willing to go on bet online and say the tackles, either the, the Chargers, they either get an inside interior lineman or they're going to get a guy on the outside. Like we're talking about, that can play the slot, that can be a big play, a guy that can stretch the field before they get the tackle. Guarantee they're going to put a lot of emphasis on a run stopping guy in that middle or getting a speed guy. So that's where I'm at. I think that you have to do that if you want to get to where you want to get. And we know this team think they're suited to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, I'd say betonline.ag would have pretty good odds if they're going to go interior <laughs> defensive line. I know the Chargers have been linked to that. Again, everybody, this show is presented by betonline.ag. You know, my thoughts on Jordan Davis is, listen, he's powerful off the ball. You made a great point, Lorenzo. Not only maybe he can make the tackles, but more importantly, just fill space. And he yes. controls blocks when he is engaged. That's a big thing. If you also have position, if you have dominance over the person blocking you while you're engaged and you're able to kind of keep your position – that is what the best run stoppers do. The best run stoppers aren't guys who are all glamorous. They're not filling up the stat sheet. But every football executive, scouts, and people who are really aficionados of the game know a good run stopper when you see them. They're going to do all the dirty work. They're going to take the pounding. But that's why you go ahead and get those big guys who really change the difference. You make a fantastic point. If you win on first down, if you win on second down, it's a whole new game. And then on third down, you have the pass rush now, right? With Mac and Bosa. You have the secondary now with J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. The biggest question for this team, the biggest question that may result in them winning a title versus not, is are they going to win on first down? And if they win on first down, it's the it's the beautiful domino effect. Because we yep. trust the guys on third down. We trust them on second and long. But can they limit that run to a two-yard gain versus a five-yard gain on first down? It may only sound like three yards to you all, but that's the difference between winning nine games versus 13 games. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that point up and let me expound on that a little more. When we're talking about that run stopper for you viewers out there that's listening and watching, I'm telling you, this is how it works. When you have a guy in the middle and he can stop, this is what he does. He goes and he says, all right, I'm going to hold the center and I'm going to grab the guard. And if I can push and create a new line of scrimmage, so now I have them at the line. Because what the guard and the center want to do is call an ace block. The guard and the center, they push the nose guard and then one comes up and he aces up to the linebacker. So now the linebacker, two guys just took care of your linebacker and your down guy. When that happens, you have those, you create lanes for four yards, five yards, and big runs. So now if you have a guy that's in the middle, that's a space eater that can hold the center and you guys start watching that and hold the guard and create a new line of scrimmage, what you do now, now they can't ace block up to the linebacker. And Good the linebacker now, he's able to run and run the gaps and keep him clean, keep guys off him. That's why Ray Lewis, when you think about Hanada Nodi, when the Baltimore Ravens were playing well, 
Think about those big guys, Sam Adams, those guys that were in the middle and what they when they're able to hold. Look what they did for their linebackers. Go show me great linebackers, great Mike linebacker play. You look at the Niners. Look at what what, what they're able to do with their linebacker. They want to keep those guys clean. And if you have a guy in the middle that can keep the keep the lineman off him and let him play downhill, it changes your defense entirely. So, yes, I'm with you. This team needs to address that, and they got to address in a hurry if they want to get to that Super Bowl and make a serious run in the playoffs. Yeah, man. Speaking of Super Bowls, you got to make it while Herbert's on that rookie deal. So I think to wrap it up, Lorenzo, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. I know we didn't talk about this, but you're <laughs> Tom Telesco. You're Tom Telesco. You have everyone on the board at 17 that we discussed. What are you doing? What are you going to do? With me, I would. here's what I would do. Cause you put me on the spot. I'm looking at Williams and I'm like, this guy, he can get up and go. And I look right. at the negative part and they're saying, here's a guy that body catches. I can go with Chris from Ohio, the Ohio state who the. finds a way, the <laughs> Ohio state. He finds a way to get open. He's good in the red zone. He knows how to sit down in zone coverage and he can run. He's a game. He's a good player. He is the safe bet out of the two. If I said, who's the safest, that would be the guy. But if I wanted to say I want a guy that can just I can throw it to him and he has a chance for a home run hit and I can coach him up to be a better blocker and I can coach him up to, you know, to be able to read coverages and get and put my and put my coaches on the clock and say, your job is to coach him. Your job is to get him. He's not body catching. Make get him the catch most with out hands. Of him. Get the yeah. most out of him. Then that's the pick. So that's I don't know if I answer that, but I'm going to teeter totter right there. The same pick we know is the Ohio State, Chris. But if you want if you want to say I want a guy that if I can train him and make him want more upside, maybe more potential, a little bit more potential, then you go with James Williams. So that's James where I'm at too. Yeah, Jameson Williams is my guy at, at 17, and you know it's a risky pick, but can't you can't make big leaps without risks, man. Jameson Williams is my guy, and although I don't have the cigar, I, I got a pen, so that's going to be my prop today. You got to take a puff for Jameson Williams at 17. <laughs> you got to love it, everybody. Listen, this has been Believe in Chargers episode two. We got the NFL draft. I think next time for episode three, everyone is going to know who the Chargers take in the first round. Do they trade back? Who do they take at 17? We'll all know in due time. For Lorenzo Neal, I'm born in Azari. Make sure you guys go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Take care, everybody. And bolt up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.